This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Come on. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Your best shout ever. Stay standing as Victoria Kate reads. All right, I will be reading Numbers 21, starting in verse 4. From Mount Hor, they sent out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Good morning. I heard someone say, ouch. <laughs> it is going to get better, I promise. Before you see it, just elbow your neighbor a little bit and say, man, you look good today. <laughs> Amen. You can be seated. I was wondering why you had so many young people till I found out they were cooking meth and doing marijuana. <clears throat> I'm like, well, Pastor Mark is really selling the basement. <laughs> Anybody else want to go to the basement for a little while? <clears throat> uh, back, back in the day. Okay, fine. It's good. It's just me. Whatever. Do y'all still have the believer's cookie? Okay, that's how I know the basement thing ain't real. Because that cookie. Who remembers the cookie? Bring that cookie back. I mentioned this in the in the. Oh, I mentioned this in the uh, first service. You know, it, when I was in seminary, um, we had a, a guest lecturer come in, and he was not a, a Pentecostal, you know, spirit-filled person, but a fantastic teacher of the word and just in, incredibly intelligent. And he said, one thing that I love about Pentecostal churches is they have something that no other church has. And I thought, man, he's going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. It's going to get good. He said, you know, every church has a cross somewhere. They've got like some fancy windows. You know, the decor is similar. They've got the sacraments. They've got this, that, and the other. He said, but something that Pentecostal or spirit-filled churches have that no other churches have is they have the tissue boxes. And he said, what's significant about that is that they come expecting to have a, an emotional response to what they have experienced. And if, you, and if you haven't felt something while you've been in here this morning, then your button is broken. Right? You need to check your button. Man, we've had spirit-filled worship. We've seen a wedding, for God's sakes. Right? I don't, what else are y'all going to do today? My Lord, we've got some tigers come up, do some tricks in a minute. Y'all just got it all going on. 
my dad, uh, many years ago, he, when he was a little boy, um, he lost one of his eyes in an accident. So my dad just has one eye. And whenever I was growing up, we had that, um, do you remember the posters or the books that you could open up and it had like the 3D image that you could look at? And if you did your eyes a certain way, like things would just form in front of you, right? Well, I, do y'all remember that? Yes or no? If you've never seen it, you should, like young folks should Google that. I don't mind. Just look it up. It's really amazing. Uh, what'd you say? Don't say that. Oh. Well, you know, I, I took that book to my dad, and I'm like, look at this. Because when you look at it and you do your eyes a little funky, like you can see like dinosaurs with trees and, and all that. And he was like, I can't see that. And I was like, man, my dad is broken. Something's wrong with my dad. It wasn't until I got older that I realized you need two eyes to see that. Like a dude with one eye can't see that. I thought for sure the marketing strategy of that company certainly overlooked that. But I, it's funny how there are some times in life things can be right in front of us, but we just can't see it. It could, it could be so terribly obvious to everybody else, but we just can't see it. The scripture that, that we read in the beginning here is the answer to a question of a conversation that came up, and it's found, it's recorded in the book of John in chapter 3. And if you'll grab your Bibles, I want to go there with you just for a minute, and I'll I want to share with you this, this encounter that Nicodemus had with Jesus. And Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Nicodemus is a, a very well-established leader. And he knows, he knows his scripture. Okay? Let's just read this together. we got to share this, and then I'm going to give you some thoughts. Believer's Church, it's so good to be with you guys, man. Like, I told Pastor Mark a few minutes ago, like, Honestly, I've cried both services, and I am saved. I really am, but I have just wept, and it's been so refreshing. Hey, can I take a, a pastor time out just for a second? Can I read y'all a text that I got this morning? It just broke my heart just in all the right ways. So my daughter is uh, 15, and she's beautiful, and she sings like the young lady that was up here. I mean, she's just got a, a crazy good voice. Well, she sent me a text message this morning, and she said, you know, like, Daddy, I love you. And then she said something to me that just shook me. She said, I'm praying over you today. Oh, my God, I can't even think about it. And, y'all, I just had a moment. Oh, I just had a moment. I was just reminded that the Lord Jesus spends his time praying for me and you. He's an intercessor for you and I. When, when we don't know the language of heaven, he can interpret our mess and take it right to the throne. Isn't that good? That's all free. That, didn't even, that is not even in my notes. Man, it's going to be a good Sunday. Wow. So let's, let's carry on in this conversation here. It's just good to be with you guys. Love you all. Um, now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
That statement completely wrecked Nicodemus, messed him up. Because here's what he goes on to say. How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? This response gives us a little bit of depth into the personality of Nicodemus. Now, I've hung out with some very studied individuals, and, and typically people who you know have gone to seminary, they have their scriptures all figured out, they've got their stuff on the wall, they are very interested in the facts. They just want to know the facts. They want to get down to the truth of the matter. So this response that he gives here is all about what he knows as factual. It's all about what he can prove, right? Because you can't bring a thesis or an idea that you can't substantiate. You, you just can't do it, right? So he's all about what can I stand behind? And he's like, I, I don't. what are you saying to me? And Jesus said, this is where it gets crazy. Because Jesus is kind of like, bro. Watch this. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I have said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Can I read verse 9 to you like we would say it back to Jesus today? Will you just give me a little liberty here? Nicodemus is saying, bro, what are you talking about? Does anybody understand what he just said? The wind blows, you see it, it just goes away. That's what it's like. What? What? I, I don't understand this. That's Jesus talking in super riddles. Hey, what do you mean? And Nicodemus asked, said, what, how can these things be? What are you talking about? This is where Jesus, in all of his grace and his mercy, begins to talk to Nicodemus in a way that he can get it. Family, trust me when I tell you that God knows you so intimately well that he can speak to you in a way that you can get it. If you need it dumbed down, weighed down, boiled down to the simplest parts like I do because I am from Georgia, I know y'all. Right? He can speak to you in a way where you can get it, where it can click. And this was Jesus' answer here. Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive the testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Watch this. This is where Jesus begins to break things down into a level that Nicodemus was sure to understand. What's the question he asked? How can I be born again? That's the question. So we can't move off what the question is. How can I be born again? He said to him in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent, serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes, that believer's church, whoever believes in him may have eternal life. 
Jesus was so very kind and gracious to Nicodemus to tell him and give him an example of a story that he would know very, very, very well. And the story... He used that as an example of redemption, of salvation. The story is found in Numbers that she read just a few minutes ago. And this story is one that if you are teaching a leadership class or a personal development class, this is one that you can dig into and it's miles and miles deep of such rich, good principles. The children of Israel became impatient. Have you ever been on a journey that the Lord has brought you on and all of a sudden your flesh begins to have its opinion? You can always know the, uh, the, the condition of your heart based on the quality of your words because it's from the overflow of the heart that the... So you know what you're full of simply because of what you are. Does your breath stink? What are you full of this morning? You'll get that joke on the way home. <laughs> what are you full of? It's evident how your heart is formed and shaped based on what comes out of your mouth. I absolutely hate hanging out with negative people. And as soon as I find out that's who they are, I never ask them how they're doing. I don't care about your ingrown toe. I don't care that your air conditioner broke. I don't want to hear that. I'm so done with that. Don't act like y'all better than me. You know who they are. Don't you dare sit there and be like, oh, oh, pastor. No, you know who they are too. You avoid them, folks. Don't say you don't. Tell the truth. I don't like hanging out with negative people, man. I don't ask them questions. I know they're just going to throw up on me. I don't want that. They became impatient, and the Bible says that they began to complain. The, the condition of their heart was exposed by their mouth. Listen to yourself. Where, what condition is your heart in? So they spoke against their leadership, and God just absolutely, as God does, he sent a massive correction into the camp. God loves you enough to correct you whenever you do wrong. Who he loves, he Yes, my son is almost 16 years old, and I have made him a promise. If you act the fool in my house, I'm going to beat your tail. Did y'all get whooped? Then why y'all looking at me like that? Y'all need to just find a young person today and just whoop them. You hear me? I give you just, just one random youngin'. They deserve it. I promise you, there is none of them out there that don't deserve it. All y'all right here, whooped. I'll take you first. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If he loves you, he will correct you. Can I tell it to you a different way? That God's word cannot 
It's impossible for his word to come back void. You don't believe me? Ask Jonah. Jonah came, uh, God came to Jonah, dropped a word in him. Jonah went the opposite direction, and God sent the storm, and God sent the fish. God sent the trouble. Why? There's a word, and that word carries with it a demand to come back and return into and manifest into something. You have a word on the inside of you. And there will be seasons of your life that you will try to give credit to the enemy for your trouble. But really, God is trying to work out of you what he put in you. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. You all have that deposit in you. And as God does, he sent to the children of Israel a terrible correction. What is the question that we are wrestling with and unpacking this morning? Jesus and Nicodemus were in conversation, and Nicodemus said, How am I going to be born again? And Jesus shares this story. These serpents come and bit the children of Israel. The Bible says that many of them died. So they came, the children of Israel came to Moses. Like, you got to pray, talk to God, we got to get some relief. So Moses prays, and the answer comes. God said, take a piece of bronze and form it into the image of a serpent and put it up on a pole, and whoever looks at it is going to be healed. So Moses takes a piece of bronze and a hammer. And I don't know who made it, but I'm preaching, so Moses made it. Whenever you preach it, you know, he can have it commissioned or whatever. But I'm preaching and I'm saying Moses know what to do with hammer and bronze. So Moses took that hammer and he began to beat on that piece of bronze and form it into the image of a serpent. He was beating it into the image of what was killing the people. Jesus told Nicodemus, That just like Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Moses took that hammer and began to beat away on that piece of bronze. That piece of bronze could never be absolutely impossible for it to become a snake. There is no way there's any potential in that piece of bronze to slither or hiss or bite or do any of that. But it was beaten into the image of the thing that was killing the people. Jesus was accused of all kind of stuff, but standing before Pilate was found in There is no fault in this man. Yet the executioner took this man and bound him and began to beat on him to where he took on the form of what was trying to kill you and I. He who knew no sin took on sin. He's trying to answer to Nicodemus, this is what redemption looks like. This is what entering the kingdom looks like. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He had to be beat and become what sin looked like, and it was awful. 
There were chunks of flesh ripped away from his body. His beard was pulled out of his face. He was beaten, but yet he had the strength to to carry the cross. He should have died on the whipping post. He should have died on the way up the hill, but he could not die until he uttered the words, it is finished. And he took on every sin you and I had. And he's trying to explain to Nicodemus, But there's always, there's always somebody that it can just be right in front of their face and they won't see it. My dad could not see those images, bro. His eyes are just gone, right? He couldn't see it. And I'm going to work with you today until you see it. I can't believe my wife just confessed that to me. I can't see it. Girl, we're going to fix that today. Because once you see it, it's like, oh, my God, I can't unsee it. It's amazing. There's a dinosaur in the bushes. (laughs) Hey, let me tell you all something. Y'all have phones and stuff right now. We had books with, like, 3D images in it. (laughs) Grow up. God, would you TikTok? Come on. We had to use our imaginations, fam. You know what I'm saying? Good grief. Oh. See how mad I am in my heart? I just lost my whole spot. No matter, no matter what it is in life, there can be things right in front of us, and you just can't see it. But for those who see it, they're like, why can't you see it? It's right there. Just look at it. How are you not seeing this? Isn't faith just like that? Now, put yourself in the position of the children of Israel. Now, they have sinned. They are being corrected by God. They've been bitten by these fiery serpents, they're called. They're not fiery because they had some flame design in their scales. They were fiery because when they bit, it was like fire running through their body. Very painful experience. And they were being eaten up with it. They were just dying from the inside out. It sounds a lot like sin that you and I are born into, that we die from the inside out. You see how I picked up? I found my place, didn't I? Why? Watch that. But you got to know, and all those people that were there, all the children of Israel that were suffering at this time, you got to know that whenever they asked Moses to pray and get the answer, and they're like, what is Moses doing, bro? We're like hurting and dying. What's going on? He's beating what? He's doing What? you got to know that whenever he held the serpent up, there had to be at least one. I mean, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says pretty clearly when they looked at it, they were healed. But can y'all just give me a little room? When you preach it, you can preach it how you want to. But you just got to know that there had to be at least one of them. Like, that's not going to work. Can we just be human enough to, to just reason that there were some of them that had no belief although they were dying they couldn't believe in the answer has the answer ever come to you in a form that you just didn't want you heard the story about the man on the roof in the flood right the boat came he's like no I'm waiting on God to come and get me you remember 
Helicopter came, like, no, bro, I'm waiting on God to get me. You know, that fool drowned, went to heaven. You know the story. Why didn't you save me? I sent a, a, a boat in a helicopter. What you want me to do? And, and here, here it is, y'all. It's, it's the answer in the form of something that they maybe didn't understand. And honestly, I just have to in my heart know that some of them died even though they looked on it because they didn't believe. And could it, could it absolutely be a better picture of the state of our church today? That churches are full of people that look like they believe. Churches are full of people that look at it, but they are just following along with everybody else. Oh, this is nice. But they don't see it, and it's right in front of their face. Can I take it a step further and just, and just confess some things to you? The reality is, it's a hard sell, what we're trying to do here. It's a hard sell. Can we just be honest with each other? Here, here's the answer. You ready for this? So this virgin girl gets pregnant right. Okay. Have you ever heard of that before? No. No. Mm-mm. It's a hard sell to tell somebody, I'm pregnant. Well, who's the daddy? Well, it's complicated. <laughs> All right. Just, Mary, tell me one more time now. Run it past me again. How? How'd that work? You know, like, can we just be honest with you? It's a hard sell that we're trying to get the world to believe. And if you... Have you ever struggled with that? Will you just look at me in my face and be honest with me? Like, for real, this is what you want me to believe? And then furthermore, this man was beaten to death and crucified and died a gruesome death where you can see in his body and what, he just comes back to life? It's a hard sell that we have here. Can you imagine the instruction that begins to uh, disseminate through, did I use that word right? Look at me being all smart. Can you, can you imagine the word that just starts soaking through the crowd? We're supposed to look at it. I am dying here. I'm in pain. Can I touch a different heartstring? My son is dying in my arms, and you want me to turn his face toward what? I'm looking for a real answer. But do you know sometimes it can be right in front of our face and we just can't see it. The Bible tells me some real awesome instructions, family. It says that we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb, Jesus' sacrifice. That's how we overcome. And by the word of our. Now you're supposed to own your 50 feet. Am I understanding that right? Well, here's the reality. Do you know how you carry somebody from disbelief to belief? I once was lost, but now I am found. I once was blind, but now I see. We are made overcomers by the sacrifice that seems foolish to you and I. Nicodemus needed to know, how do I get in this game? How do I get involved? How do I get in the kingdom? I got to know. And Jesus begins to lay it out. And then finally he says, you know what? This is how you do it. 
Do you remember how the children of Israel almost died because of those fiery serpents? And Moses, he beat that piece of bronze into a serpent and he held it up and it looked like the thing that was killing everybody. But whenever they looked on it and they believed, Romans said, if you want to believe and if you want to get saved, you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. He said, Nicodemus, the very same way that that silly, stupid instruction from Moses saved hundreds of thousands is the very same way that whenever I stretch myself out on the cross and I become what's killing you and it looks like what's killing you is put on me, I am going to finish this thing once and for all. And if you look on me and believe... If you, if you look on me and believe, you know, there, there was never a more honest moment in the scriptures, in my opinion, than when the disciples and Jesus were brought this boy tormented with demons. He thrashed himself about. You remember this story? And, and, and Jesus said, do you, do you believe that this is possible? You know, wherever. He said, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my, help the parts of me that really, I, I do, but I've seen you walk the water. I've, I've heard about all the miracles and I believe, but can you handle this? There was never a more honest statement ever in the scriptures, I don't believe. Lord, I believe, but there's parts of me help my unbelief. And family, I believe if you and I were really to pull back the curtains of our heart, and if we really were to reflect deep on the inside of us that we've got areas in our life that we trust God with, usually it's all the areas that we do very well. But he did not come to save us from the stuff we've got figured out. He came to save us from the stuff that is killing us from the inside out. He came to pull back the curtains of our heart. And just like this man with his son that was demon-possessed, and just like Nicodemus, I believe, but help my unbelief, Lord. And you and I have to be honest enough with God in, in moments of absolute desperation and just pure honesty. He's God enough to cover what's broken in our life. He's God enough to cover hidden sin. He's God enough to heal broken marriages. He's God enough to destroy addictions to pornography. He is God enough to restore addictions and, 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 and just the worst of it all. He is God enough to handle it. He became what we were, and he paid the penalty for that. One of the greatest analogies I've ever heard as I close here, Pastor Arthur Geis from Chicago is one of the best Bible teachers I've ever heard in my life. 
He pastors a small church on the south side of Chicago, and that dude absolutely kills it every time he teaches. We invited him to come to a leadership thing. We pastored in Chicago for several years, seven years actually, and he did a leadership, and he told our leaders, he said there was a great exchange that happened on the cross. And he said, here's an analogy to kind of visualize what happened you have been sentenced to death because you've been found guilty. And on the day of your execution, you are walking down the hallway to the death chamber, guilty and deserving of death. And as you journey down that way, a cell door opens and out steps Jesus. Says, I will die your death, but here's the exchange. You go live my life. I will take on what you deserve, but here's the exchange, Philip. Greater things than this shall you do. See, and often the exchange is we just don't want to die today. We want to keep living like we want to live and pay the price later. But Jesus said, I'm going to take your death now you live my life. And here's the question. How are we going to be born again? And Jesus was so good to Nicodemus to tell him a story that he would understand in such a profound way. Y'all, I've tried to this morning increase your belief. But the reality is there are some of us that no matter no matter how hard we try to focus on it, we just aren't going to see it. And there's others that are going to come in this room and come in your life. And little by little, they're going to be like, wait a minute. I, I think I see something. I, I think I see that. Wait a minute. I think I see something. And you, because of your testimony and because of your journey, you get to help caravan them from disbelief to belief. You get to move them from being lost and walk them through the process to be found. You get to journey them through as they're stumbling through blind and not able to see. You get to help journey them because you remember what it was like to be broken and lost and without hope. But you were introduced to the power of Jesus Christ and it is our mission to point everybody to the picture and help them see what's right in front of them. Can I help you with it? You are the picture. You're the picture. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there is anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Be sure to check back next week for a brand new message.